grappling with his excitement and striving to be calm. There are some exhibits in there, several described as being lent by Mr. Parva Crompton. Can you tell me where Mr. Parva Crompton lives now? Is it near here? Is it? The caretaker arose in silence, laid down his paper, moved heavily to the door, opened it, and beckoned the visitor outside into the market square. He extended a thick forefinger. You see that old red brick mansion a standing under them trees where the rooks are flying, he said. And that there is Mr. Parva Crompton's residence, little door in a garden wall with a small brass plate on it, way into the front entrance. Thank you, sir. Mr. Hellard had pressed a shilling into his informant's hand and was halfway across the market square before the caretaker could regain his fire. As he hurried, he pulled out his card case. He had a card all ready for the trim parlourmaid, who presently responded to his ring, and he almost cried aloud with joy when he heard that Mr. Parver Crompton was at home. Two minutes later, Mr. Hellard found himself in Mr. Parver Crompton's presence, in a room so filled with folios, octavos, old prints, old curiosities, that Mr. Parver Crompton himself, an elderly gentleman of a twinkling eye and pleasant smile, seemed as if he had been taken prisoner there and would never be able to get out again. Mr. Hellard executed a deep bow. Mr. Parva Crompton bowed too and glanced at his visitor's card. Mr. Hellard, he said, and from Sarklestow, a long way off and a deeply interesting place, I possess. Sir, exclaimed Mr. Hellard excitedly, you possess a set of our famous siege coins struck in 1647 when our ancient castle was beleaguered. I've just seen them in your museum. Where, I beg you to tell me, where did you get those coins? Bortum, answered Mr. Parva Crompton with alacrity. Last year, Mr. Hellard gasped, dropped into the only chair that was not filled with massive tomes or curiosities, and staring steadily at his host, rubbed his knees. Sir, he said, in a low, concentrated voice, that set of coins is the property of the Sarklestow Corporation, to which body I am legal adviser. We lost that set, which is almost unique, and indeed is unique in one way, for it was the very first ever struck some years ago under the most extraordinary and mysterious circumstances, which, he concluded impressively, have never been explained or accounted for from that day to this. Mr. Parver Crompton reseated himself at his desk and stared at his visitor. But, he said, how do you know that set's yours? There are more sets than one in existence. I saw another set sold at Sotheby's many a year ago, when I was a lad. So, sir, answered Mr. Hellard, I know your set is our set, because each coin bears a very tiny private mark upon it, which I myself placed there some years since. Sir, there is no doubt. Wonderful, wonderful, exclaimed Mr. Hellard, that mere accident should have taken me into that museum, and that... Look here, interrupted Mr. Parver Crompton rising and going to a cupboard in the recess of his encumbered library. Have a glass of my old port and tell me all about this mystery. 
was this set, if it is yours, which of course I'm not going to grant you, you know, just yet. Stolen, then. Mr. Hellard spread out his hands and shook his head. Heaven knows what happened, he answered. He took the glass which his entertainer handed to him, sipped its contents, murmured his praise of the wine, and returned to the absorbing subject. I'll tell you all about it, he went on. You're aware, of course, that when Sarklestow Castle was besieged by the Parliamentarians in 1647, the royalist garrison struck these siege coins in silver. There were three separate coins, each differently worded. They are now extremely scarce, especially in sets. I question if there are four sets known to collectors. There are very few separate examples known, but our corporation has always had, from the very first, and has most carefully treasured, the first set struck. The set which I say is...